Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Welcome back to the FemiPod. This is episode number 33. This week we are talking to the incredible Annika Grogan, otherwise known as Annie. Annie is a master's psychology graduate and here to carry on the conversation about body image as an expert from last week. Annie studied in America on an athletic scholarship at SMU and later pursued and completed her master's in New Zealand. Her master's was on a topic very close to her heart and one so many runners can relate to, titled, You Don't Look Like a Runner. Annie's master's looks into the psychology behind why that statement and other factors impact young female runners so deeply and can drive body image issues, disordered eating, and much more. Annie is also a very talented runner who continues to break PBs at an alarming rate with a very relaxed, happy-go-lucky attitude alongside racking up multiple national medals to her name. We are so excited to talk to Annie today and understand her story and this important topic more. Annie, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. How are you? And what, what are you up to? What's been going on? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Not too much going on at the moment. I just raced at the Wellington Marathon in the 10K over the weekend, which was heaps of fun and gearing up for the rest of cross-country season. So yeah. Exciting. You smashed yeah. that 10K. You did so well. A big PB, just as I said before, breaking so many PBs, just on a streak. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dive right in and we'll start with your running journey. If you just tell us a little bit about your running and how it's impacted who you are today. Yeah, so I've basically been running for like as long as I can remember. I don't really remember a time that I wasn't. And I've always kind of been reasonably good at it and I kind of started training during high school um, and I was coached by my mum all the way through high school and I saw quite a bit of its success during high school but I was really like the only one at my school that did running like I was the first one to ever go to nationals for my high school and all that stuff so I basically trained alone the entire time um, so I didn't really have that kind of outside impact for quite a while and yeah so the first time that I probably really thought about myself in relation to other female runners was when I went overseas at about 14 and I just kind of like they were training a lot more than me that was probably the first thing that I was like oh man like these guys are training so fast they're training so far and I'm doing basically nothing and I also was pretty conscious of the fact that like they were tiny and their uniforms like all were really loose fitting on them. And then for me, they were kind of tight fitting. And yeah, that was probably the first time that I had thoughts about myself in relation to other female runners out there. And that kind of continued throughout high school, but probably wasn't so much of an influence because I trained mainly by myself um, and only really saw people at competitions, but it definitely impacted me quite a bit. And also influences from like my parents and stuff like that they had both run when they were younger and they had probably still have quite uh interesting views on I guess like female athletes bodies and stuff like that like I can remember my mum 
telling me about this research and she was my coach so she was you know trying to help me she was saying oh you know I read this research that um for every kg you lose you can run x amount of seconds faster per 400 meters in a race <laughs> and it's stuff like that that kind of shaped the way I viewed myself um as a runner when I was younger and comments like that I don't think there was no malicious intent at all and I think that's often the case but just not really educated on that impact that that can have on people. And yeah, so I continued running throughout high school and continued having quite a bit of success and then probably started developing some disordered eating habits later on in high school. I had a doctor who advised me because I was having problems with my iron. She was like, oh, you could try cutting out gluten to see if that helped. And I just took that and ran. I was like, sweet, I'm gluten intolerant, can't have any gluten and used that as a way of controlling what I was eating. So I'd be like, well, I can't have that cake because it's got gluten in it and that sort of thing. So I didn't develop an eating disorder as such, but more disordered tendencies that were kind of fueled by, I guess, yeah, my environment that I was in and the sport that I was doing and all of that stuff. And that was really then again heightened more when I went over to the US because previously I'd been training by myself all the time and the only time that I really could compare myself to others was at competitions whereas being in the US I had it constantly every single day I could see my teammate who definitely had eating disorders disordered eating and that sort of thing and that really impacted me in my first year and then I kind of came to this realization I had a teammate who was like the biggest proponent of carbs which was great she was like I love carbs you need them they are the building block like they're going to give you energy and all that good stuff and she just like my mind just snapped I was like she's right I do need to like I need to feel myself properly and I don't know how it took that long for me to realize and like I was definitely seeing worse performance outcomes from not feeling myself properly while I was over there and that was just, you know, fueled by the whole environment. And then I had this realization alongside probably my studies that I was doing that made me realize like, oh, what am I doing? This is so dumb. I'm like, I'm unhappy with this. Running is not making, like I'm not enjoying it anymore because I'm not doing it for the right reasons. I'm unhappy with the way that I look and I look totally fine. Like what is going on? And so that kind of realization and all that sort of stuff kind of inspired me um, to go the path that I have gone now, do the degrees that I have done, do the research that I've done and kind of be so passionate about making sport better for the next generation, making it better for the generation that we're in now and all of that stuff because it's, yeah, I've come to the other side now and like Esther said, I'm getting PBs all the time and they're not small ones, like I'm getting massive PBs from a time that I was not feeling myself properly and from a time that I was so unhappy with running as, you know, something that I should be loving and I should be doing because I love it and for no other reason. So yeah, that's in a nutshell, like yeah, wow. it. amazing. What a journey you've been on. And I think like that idea around that generation speaking and using particular words to us as young athletes, the impact that they can have. And we're gonna dive into that 
more soon. But before we kind of had that conversation, do you want to just touch on a little bit more around your studies and your research? Like obviously your master's degree is such an important conversation and topic for us to all understand, not just in sports, but in general life as well. Can you just give the listeners a bit of a rundown around what your master's was focused on and why you chose, I guess, your story, what you just went through, dove into it, why you chose this, but what was your drive to want to help other people in sport to feel better about their, themselves and their bodies? All right, the title of the research was You Don't Look Like a Runner, Body Expectations and Ideals in Women's Distance Running. And basically what I did was decided I was going to do a qualitative research study with women in New Zealand, because that is the population that I am part of. I definitely at the start was like, this could be way further than just, like further affecting than just women. It definitely affects men as well. And this could be way further than just distance running, which I definitely think it is. It's so many different sports, but because that was the population that I was part of and because it was my master's I was like I'm going to have to zoom in a little bit and just focus on this so I did a qualitative study so I talked to people asked them questions had conversations with people because that was the type of research that I felt would best answer the questions that I wanted to know so yeah talk to people about their experiences and basically just wanted to know what experiences they had that had aligned with that feeling or actually being told you don't look like a runner which I just had like the most amazing response to which is terrible and not great for my research I was like this is awesome I've got all my participants and it's been two weeks but from a like societal perspective horrible that there were that many women that were just like yes I have experienced that and even if it wasn't someone specific like actually explicitly saying to them you don't look like a runner it was that feeling of not looking like a runner or having seen others not feeling like you fit in within that category or just people maybe not explicitly saying it but implicitly by their actions making you feel like you were not a runner it's crazy like yeah I've literally been told I remember this guy said to me once uh yeah you don't he asked me what I did I you know told him what my job was but I said that I do running I was about to go to Nitro and race this race for New Zealand and then he was like you you don't look like a runner and I think it's because at the time my boobs were probably kind of bigger than some other runners and then in his mind you know I talked about it last week when I got my my period back and I grew boobs and all these things and I didn't like my body anymore because I think yeah I just don't know what where he got this idea from but that's where my mind went and therefore I was thinking that runners don't have boobs and so I also have this like preconceived idea in my mind of like a runner so I just like completely relate and I know that so many girls relate to that statement and I love the title of your study I think it's so accurate and you know it fuels so much of why we try to look certain ways to fit into like that running world but where do you think that perception of the ideal runner's body has come from? It's obviously such a terrible idea and something that's been, you know, proven wrong. And it's it's led so many girls into sort of body confidence issues and, and disordered eating habits. But we know now that every woman is different and unique and has, you know, different body type to be their healthy body type. And we just love to learn a little bit more about where you think this has stemmed from. I know that's not exactly where your research 
sort of focused on but if you have any ideas about like that mindset and how we can sort of change that mindset that skinnier is faster yeah for sure that was one of the key takeaways that I got from my research chatting to my participants was the multitude of different sources that impact how they feel about their bodies yeah so honestly unlimited where it comes from and I think we all know the key places we can be influenced by I think our training partners that's a key one people that you train with all the time if they're promoting unhealthy habits around eating if they're promoting not eating if that can influence you so much especially if they're successful that can make you feel like if I want to be successful I need to be like my training partner who doesn't have anything to eat after they train another influence is people that are successful you might not even train with them but you might look at them and say well I don't look like them to be successful I need to look like them and this is what I need to do to get to that point and it's like that sort of mindset is so unhealthy because you have no idea what's going on in their life that's influencing them to look the way they do you have no idea what is going on in their life either that maybe negatively affecting them they may have a really unhealthy relationship with their body they may have an unhealthy relationship with sport but all you see is I don't look like them how do I look like them but you're not thinking about you know what are they doing for training what sort of support do they have um, emotionally physically mentally all that sort of stuff you just can see from the outside they look like that I want to look like that this is how I'm going to get there so yeah unlimited really how many people there are, coaches, their influence is huge because they're the people that are designing your training program. They're influencing how you feel about yourself as a runner, how you define success as an athlete, whether that is you've reached X weight target. No, like performance, how you feel about your performance, how you're feeling when you're performing, how you're feeling when you're training. Like that sort of stuff should be the focus, not reaching some sort of race weight or whatever that may be I think at the moment a huge influence is social media I think I was lucky and probably the same with you guys social media wasn't really as much of an influence as it is now the photos that we see that are out there all the time we look on our phones and we see in our explore you're seeing athletes crop up I saw one today and I was just like I don't need to see this. This is having a negative influence on the way I feel about myself as an athlete. And why should it? Because I have no idea. Is this athlete even successful? But that doesn't even matter. But, you know, you just look at that and you're like, well, they're thin. They must be successful. Thin equals success. And it doesn't. Yeah. And family, I guess from my experience, family can have a huge impact on you, um, positively or negatively. And they cannot even be aware of the influence that they're having. And... Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's unlimited. Your friends, I think a lot of people's friends would say, like, can be really reinforcing maybe of the bad habits that you're having. They might say to you, oh, wow, like you're looking really fit. You're looking really slim at the moment. And then you're just, oh, well, what I'm doing must be great then. That sort of stuff can really influence how we feel about our bodies. So it's really just every single sphere of our life can influence that sort of thing and that's kind of I think what makes it such a tricky topic because it's not just one influence that makes us feel a certain way about our bodies it's literally everything and anything can influence how we feel about ourselves yeah Mm, I find like the conversation around like looking at 
really competitive and successful athletes say every four years when the Olympics rolls around and all these like young and up and coming athletes are looking at these incredibly successful and fast athletes on the track and obviously in track and field we're very exposed we very we wear very little clothing you can literally see every curve of a woman's body but it is a hard one because we're looking at these competitive athletes who do look insanely fit and all that younger athlete can see is the way she looks on that you know global stage without understanding the background of how she got there and it's to me, yeah. I'm like, I love watching the Olympics, but I do think about the negative effects it can have on younger athletes and the way that older athletes can look. And it's not their fault. Like I'm not blaming anyone for the particular way they look. It's just an interesting conversation to have because we obviously want to be setting really amazing examples for our younger generation. And that example can come through performance, but it can, can, I think it can come negatively through performance in some regards as well, which can be quite tough. But you touched on like the way that someone speaks to a runner or a young athlete can have those quite negative implications on how she feels about herself. And a lot of it is tied up into in her identity in sport. And we talk a lot about identity and how much we as athletes can get caught up in identifying as a runner. Can you explain um, what you found through your research and why this can have such a negative or positive impact on young athletes? Yeah, absolutely. So that was another one of my key themes that I came up with was that running is an important part of runners' sense of self slash identity. And I think we all know it. Like if someone asked me to introduce myself and like talk about myself in 30 seconds, I'd be like, hey, I'm Annie. I'm a runner <laughs> but no it is part of who we are I don't think we should ever have it define us absolutely not but it's such an important part of who we are we spend so much time as athletes being runners you know like we wake up early to go to training we the people we socialize with are probably runners for a large part of it we probably schedule ourselves around races we've got races coming up we might not go out the weekend before we might go to sleep early it dictates a good part of our lives, I think, because it's something that we've decided that we're dedicated to and we want to focus on. And that's super great. I think people should have goals. They should have things that they're wanting to achieve and all that good stuff. But that, at the crux of it, I think, is why when people say things or make you feel that you don't look like a runner, that's why it can have such a detrimental impact on runners because that takes away from all the hard work. It takes away from all of that sense of self. It takes away all of that stuff in an instant. Just a couple of words, you don't look like a runner. People probably don't even think about them when they say them. They might think it's like, huh, that's funny. Like, you don't even look like a runner. And here you are competing. And that can have such a detrimental impact. You know, oh, well, they've said I don't look like a runner. But I do all this training. You know, that sort of thing is just, it can have such a detrimental impact. And then people engage in things like disordered eating. They develop eating disorders to try and reach whatever that body type is that people stereotypically think is a runner or what a runner should look like in order to regain that sense of identity and that sense of, well, I am a runner now because now I look like a runner. And that's not the case at all. It's like, if you go out the door, you put your shoes on and you go for a run, you're a runner. It doesn't matter 
if anyone says to you that you don't look like one or if anyone thinks that you don't, that doesn't matter. It's about the action of doing it and that's what makes you a runner and that alone and it shouldn't come down to anything else, but it does. And that's, you know, that's the detrimental thing is we place a lot of value in what other people think about us, especially in the day and age of social media, the things we post and the images that we present of ourselves to others, that's, you know, they're open to judgment from other people. And we put a lot of value into what other people think about the things that we, or I guess the image that we put forward, whether it be on social media or just generally in life. Mm, that's so true. We do put so much worth into what other people think about what we look like and so that idea of getting your identity caught up in what you do and your success can be super dangerous because if you don't fulfill those buckets of what you think people expect of you then you do kind of like lose that self-worth and lose your identity a lot and I've 100% been there and it's like not a good place to be because you create such a negative relationship with yourself and that's not what you need when you're like chasing after a performance or whatever like you need to be confident in who you are and I think Esther and I speak it about it a lot like trying to find our identity away from what we do even in our jobs yeah. or what we do on the track or on you know the road it's it's so much we're so much more than that and when you figure that out yeah. you can actually enjoy the sport so much more because you take the expectation off yourself of what other people are thinking of you and of what you look like so yeah it's for it's, sure it's interesting and I think it's um it, there's a lot of work for I would say most people to be doing in that space myself included to be able to like yeah find out who you are away from who you are and what you look like absolutely I think it's 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 tricky to differentiate like I mentioned at the start you know it's it is a part of who we are and we've decided that it's going to be. We make that active decision that we are, we're runners. We go out and we run. But it is important to have an identity outside of, yeah, being just a runner. You're also other things, you know, you're a human being. You're someone that, I don't know, you have a dog. You take your dog for walks. You're into yoga. You do all sorts of other things outside of that. I bake bread you know <laughs> yeah and other things as well. it's like that question when you meet someone for the first time and they say oh what do you do as in like what do you yeah. do for work and I'm like oh like I breathe oh. and I eat and I sleep <laughs> like, that's what I do yeah. and they're like oh no what do you do for work and you're like oh that, that part of me that's not what that, I do right. <laughs> like, yeah exactly it's so true I think Ben Crow that amazing mindset coach always talks about it as in like write a to-be list instead of a to-do list and like that can be what you think of yourself as opposed to like what you do yeah like I do running and I do work and I do walk my dog but like what am I being so like I'm being a kind friend and I'm being a hard worker and like I think that's such a nice way to look at it and something that I've been doing since I've been sick with COVID like I've had to take a real step back from running and and be like okay well you know yeah I still run in the days but it's not like my be all and end all and um I'm still really happy and content and I think that's a good place to be but like you were talking about if you all your identity rides on your running then you if you're sick or injured or you don't run well you instantly lose your like self-worth and belief so yeah I quite like that one to be rather than to do it's always good it's a really really good mindset to have I think especially like you said when you're not able to run you can 
you can be a good teammate to other people you can be a good influence to others like I've seen you guys have been posting a lot about being super honest about the effects of COVID has had on you and I feel like that's you're not able to necessarily run at the level that you have been before because you're still recovering but you're a good influence on other runners to say like hey sometimes you need to slow down and sometimes you need to take it slow to get back to being where you want to be and I think that's like you can take different hats sometimes sometimes you can be that elite runner and sometimes you can be just a really good influence on other people which yeah I've seen you guys have been like really really good with that Thanks. Well, we've both been extremely sick for like 12 weeks. So, you know, we're finally coming right slowly, which is great. But uh, yeah, I think the response on the COVID thing has is, is been crazy. And I think when you do go through it and if you are affected badly, it's nice to know there's other people out there with you on the journey. And it's so unknown at the moment for a lot of people, which is really frightening. So feel for anyone listening, if you're going through COVID stuff at the moment, I hope you get better very soon. Um, but you talked a little bit or you've dived in a little bit about social media and like what we sort of consume and in, in both in person but online and I think you know during COVID we were online even more so and people have probably you know been on social media too much and we know that it can be a really good tool but consumed in the wrong way and like you mentioned it before you were looking at that photo and you were saying this is not good for me why am I looking at it I think that's really like self-aware and awesome that you have that ability to see that but for a lot of people, it can really affect self-belief, body image, and relationship with ourselves. What did you find were the strongest impact on on the girls you talked to in terms of uh, their online interactions? For their social media interactions, I had some really interesting conversations about social media, and it definitely was a big part of yeah the conversations that we had. Um, I had some yeah one of my participants was like I curate my social media to be good for me I curate it so that I follow people that are a good influence on me that post things that are beneficial rather than taking from me and stuff things like that I was like damn I should follow your lead that's such a good idea so things like that I think are yeah really interesting ways that you can think about social media differently is actually that can have a really beneficial impact on you you're following people who are promoting really positive messages to yourself about um, body image and things like that. What you post, I think, is pretty interesting, quite an interesting conversation and one that I've been thinking about a lot recently. Like, especially yesterday, I got the notification with my race photos from the weekend and I was looking at them and I was thinking to myself, oh, like, I probably, I'll post some of these photos. I can show people, you know, I did a race on the weekend. And I was thinking, but what, what influences what photos I decide to post and I was just thinking, like, it's so interesting how we decide what we want to promote on our social media. And I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago um, by Mary Kane, and she was saying how we should be actively promoting really good messages on our own social media for other people. And, yeah, like, posting things that aren't always, like, us looking super, super, I don't know, lean and us actually sometimes just looking normal and looking the way that we actually do look and it's just quite funny I think I was saying to Esther before this that the way that we kind of assign value to different images and photos like us in a downstride or something like that 
we can assign a really negative um, like connotations to it. It will be like, oh, you know, I look terrible in that. People are going to think I'm fat and slow and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but you can look at the same image from the same race that you did the exact same time in and be like, nah, this is good. This is something that I'm going to post on social media and people are going to think I'm fast and people are going to think I'm a good runner. And it's just stuff like that, like thinking about actually the impact of you just posting those really, really good looking photos where you're in an upstride and everything like gravity's on your side and all that sort of stuff. Thinking about that from a perspective of people who are consuming your social media content for them, that could be quite a negative impact on them. And like, I really want to challenge myself to actually be a bit more realistic with the things that I'm posting and kind of question myself why I'd feel uncomfortable posting a different photo. Like obviously if my face is looking terrible and like the wind's in my face and one eye is closed, probably not going to post it. But like, why am I looking at photos of myself and assigning negative values to them and being like, I won't post that one because people might think that I'm, of course not it's the same race I ran the same time why does it even matter like uh, I find it so interesting because yeah the photo could be taken like half a second between a down step and an up step yeah. and then you're obviously going to go for the one where you're floating in the air um, <laughs> yeah I find that super interesting because I recently there's been a photo that's been used for a promotional campaign and it's not a photo that I would have ever picked to post myself but I didn't have control on the image that had gone out and it and it's just interesting, the thoughts that go through my head initially, I was like, oh my gosh, why did they pick that photo? It's not a good photo. To now I look at the photo and I was actually having a conversation with my friend who's in the photo with me this morning. And I was like, you know what? I actually love the photo because we're both smiling. We look like we're having a great time with it. In the middle of running a marathon, we look fabulous. Like it's a downstep photo and it's not like an image that I would have ever picked to post, but because I didn't have control on which image was being posted, it just got put out there. And now I'm actually like, I actually love the photo because I'm genuinely so happy in that image. And that's all that actually matters. I don't even care what time I ran or the fact that I ran a marathon. I just look like I'm having a good time. So yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm like going back and because, because I think we, do you know as athletes we get imagery of ourselves all the time so you have selections you have options and you're always going to pick the ones that look the best the best when I'm saying that it's in quotations like what we yeah. think look the best but I think you're so right and that we and I'm I'm putting my hand up and saying I do need to do this like re-look at imagery and be like start promoting real photos as well not that the upstep you know full stride photos are not real they are but there are one split second of like who I am so I think it's good I think we should put that out to everyone to just like start rethinking about the way they're like promoting imagery of sport online yeah for sure and just thinking about the impact that you're having on others because I don't think we do often and well I don't personally in social media I don't think about what others might feel from looking at my images but now, I mean, now I'm a lot, probably a lot more aware of the impact that you can have on other people. And yeah, you might think, oh, no one's going to really be taking too much account to that. But actually people do and people, you're consuming images all day. And if you're consuming ones that are making you have a bad view of your own body all day, like it adds up. Absolutely. I had one participant say, um, and this was probably like a, a good thing moving forward that she had participated in a marathon or a half marathon and one of her photos had been used as like the 
these are the photos these are the 10 selection of photos we're going to put up for this year's marathon like have a look at them and she was one of them and she was so stoked to see like herself represented there because she didn't see herself as fitting in necessarily to that category but once it was posted she was like oh like they're recognizing that I am a runner and they're putting me out there for other people to see that actually people like myself can be runners and can do marathons or half marathons and that sort of thing so yeah I think social media can definitely also have a positive impact but it really depends I love that. I um, I will also want to put my hand up and say I'm going to be more thoughtful with what I put on social media too. Because I, or yeah, I think we're probably all guilty of picking the photo that we think looks the best. Were there any other findings in your research that you potentially didn't see as clear trends, but had some sort of apparent impact on younger girls and body image? I think something that I found really interesting was like I asked my participants oh you know what do you enjoy about running and such a huge part of it that came back was the social side of it which I found like I totally see that but I kind of thought there would be a bit more like competition like to be the fastest to be the best version of myself sort of thing and that's I think that definitely plays into it but so many people said the social side of it like being with people chatting to people being with people who enjoy doing things that I enjoy doing yeah I don't know if that's like a probably not towards the younger generation maybe but I just thought it was interesting because I think we have preconceived ideas about why people run and like why they enjoy it but actually it comes down to probably things that we don't necessarily originally think so I think like a lot of young girls get and this is my opinion like I don't know whether this is right or wrong but I think a lot of young girls get into sport initially for that social connection and friendship group and then I think as they get into their older teenage years it becomes more about competitiveness and being the best and then later in life when you get into your 20s and your 30s you go back to why you do sport is because of that social connection again uh, it's just interesting how that mindset shifts shifts as we get older through our teenage years and going through puberty from being like, this is fun and I do it, hang out with my friends to being like, I can only do that if I'm good at it and I want to be competitive to then, you know, re- then realizing, you know what, I actually want to do this because my friends do it and it's and it's a really good community part of And Yeah, I, I don't know why that happens, but I think it's, it's kind of interesting because how can we go mm. and reach those young girls who fall into that competitive bracket or stop playing sport completely, you know, and bring them back. Definitely. I think that's such an interesting conversation, especially with the number of young women that drop out of sport. And it's kind of thinking about how maybe we could reset that mindset from, well, I can only do it if I'm competitive to, well, actually there's so many other benefits to running than just success. Yeah. In the sense of winning, it's like, well, there's a lot of other stuff you can get out of it. And I think another interesting finding that I had was how dedicated my participants, and I like to think this is probably representative of like a huge portion of the running population, how dedicated they are to making change. Um, And I think that's like personified by you guys really actually like doing something, seeing an issue, seeing like a, a thing that needs improving and actually doing something about it um, and I did have a couple of participants actually brought up you guys specifically and Femi which I was like oh, this is so cool I'm definitely gonna write this down <laughs> and yeah just things like 
I had a couple of participants say that they have kind of now come to a place where they actually question other people. And I think you guys talked about this in the pod last week about kind of being like, well, what do you mean by what a runner looks like? What, what do you think that is? And kind of actually making people go back to these preconceived ideas and actually the root of it and be like, but what, what does that mean? Like, how are you coming up with that idea? Because actually being a runner and looking like a runner, I mean, looking like a runner doesn't really exist. There's no way to look like a runner. You just, you run. That sort of thing I thought was so cool. I was like, oh, these like little, little steps in the right direction towards actually making change is awesome. And yeah, a lot of them had some pretty interesting ideas of other things that they thought could be done in the future to kind of influence change. Yeah. That's awesome. Like I think what you did, you know, you're making change as well and like choosing an area of research that is lacking. You know, we know sports science research studies are not really done on women and you choosing to do that, you know, you're making change as well. So kudos to you for doing what you've done as well. It's going to help a lot of people and you know we've got you on the pod because of it and yeah I just think it's really awesome you chose to do something like that but it kind of leads on to our next question quite well but for those listening and for us at Femi and people who are coaches or family members who work with women in sport what are some things you think um, that we can do or even that your participants suggested to create that change and create a more positive relationship with with our bodies and then also with running and I think you know whatever they suggest and in the future that's going to have a flow on effect to you know generations above and below so yeah any suggestions for anyone listening be much appreciated yeah I think it's it's like a multi multi multi-level approach sort of thing like I mentioned there's so many different things that I found that influenced my participants perspectives of themselves just like that I think the solution is not going to be just like a silver bullet it's so many different things combined probably over maybe quite a length of time because this has been a long time coming you know this these stereotypes this way of thinking has been around for a long time so yeah I think first and foremost your own perspective of yourself is really important and whether you need to go and talk to someone about that um, if you need to talk to your teammates if you need to talk to someone who's a professional if you need to talk to your coach that's a really great place to start if you're having, you know, having issues with how you feel about your body. It's awesome to talk about it. I think that's that's the key. The first thing is to recognize, yeah, I, I'm not doing so well on this. I am not, you know, I'm not feeling good about my body and it's influencing how I'm doing all around in life because that's what I found. I found that it wasn't just how I was running. It was literally everything. It made a difference in so yeah, that's a personal change I think is really important, but needs to be more than just personal because there are other things and there are outside um, influences that impact us. I think social media, curating your social media, deleting your social media, putting maybe if you're not going, going to delete someone because they're a negative influence on you, maybe even just muting their profile so you can't see it. You don't want to see their posts. That's cool don't see their posts because if that influences you negatively you don't need to see it and also from that like we were talking about maybe be part of the change yourself be aware of what you're posting and don't just 
be a bystander, be a participant, make a difference by posting things that are, you know, going to be inclusive of lots of different bodies and that sort of thing. Um, if you feel comfortable with it, I think is also key because you don't want to make yourself feel worse about yourself by posting something if you're not in a space that you feel ready to do that yet. I think as well, a really big part of it's education, whether that's for an individual being educated on things like reds, on things like body image, on all that sort of stuff, that's really important. But further than that, parents, parents are huge, especially for younger athletes. That's massive. They influence so much about their perspective of themselves, their perspectives of sport. Um, and I don't think they get enough education. Coaches, absolutely. First and foremost, love what you guys are doing. And that's, that's needed. That's absolutely needed. When you're coaching women, especially, we have so many male coaches around. But any coaches, they need to be educated on the impact of the things that they say and the things that they do can have on their athletes. And yeah, oh my gosh, it's honestly unlimited, the different areas that could be influenced, I think. And like I said, you know, maybe Athletics New Zealand posting more inclusive content of different people competing rather than just picking, I don't know, athletes that they think look like they fit stereotypes or the best athletes, maybe they can say, well, actually, we've got this huge wide number of people that participate in running. How about we represent all of them, not just the small percentage. And then I think further than that, oh my God, I could go on forever. Brands. When you think about sporting brands, and I think some sporting brands are doing so well to put out way more inclusive content about the people that wear their clothes. It's like you, when you represent, when you put down these, I don't know, tiny people, you're representing a tiny percentage of your population of runners. Represent everyone. There's such a wide range of people participating in running. Why do you only represent such a small portion and make other people feel like they don't fit within that mold? Yeah, that could be it, but it probably isn't. I could probably keep going forever. <laughs> I think the coaches one is a massive one, definitely one that like we want to shake up is, I guess from our own experiences working with coaches who are super uneducated and working with females and understanding the impact of the words that they were saying to us as younger females the impact that it was having on us. And I think that's kind of like where I personally see the biggest change other than like ourselves working on ourselves. I think it's important for coaches to be super aware of the words that they use around athletes. Like we, we want to build confidence. I think females have been pulled down forever. You know, we've always been marginalized and told to kind of like sit down and shut up. And women now just lack so much confidence and confidence comes from words so we just want to be able to build confidence in females, no matter what level athlete you are or what sport you do. But I think by, yeah, building confidence through the power of words is super important for coaches. If they want this athlete to be successful, the first and most important thing is the athlete is confident in themselves and believes in themselves. And that comes from, you know, not only internally, but like externally as well, building that confidence through the people in the environment that you're surrounded by. Uh, I know that you watched the video on Femi about rocking the crop and wearing a crop top and then you turned up to a race that night in your rundies and I just felt this complete change in your confidence and your self-belief 
And I've even <laughs> said it to you, like every time you turn up in your rundies, I'm like, damn, Annie's going to smash it today. And you always do. And it's like this confidence <laughs> that you bring out uh, when you, I guess, feel that that confidence in yourself to wear that outfit. Why do you think wearing the rundies and ultimately having the confidence in yourself to do so affected you so much? I, I'm sure that even without it, you would have run well, but I just feel like every time you're there in those rundies, like it's game on. Oh, I got to say the winter is not, I'm not a winter person. Um, so the rundies might be in a bit of hibernation for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely, I know what you mean. Like I, thought about running in the rundies and then I had watched your video and I thought oh I'll run in them um <laughs> might as well like I think part of it is having the supportive group that we do at North Harbour we have great group great team and I think I felt the confidence to be like oh like these guys will support me you know and everyone did everyone was like oh like you look awesome like you you're you know you're here to race and I was like I am here to race and I, like, I think I ran a PB and now it's a 3K time trial. And I was like, where did that come from? Um, and I think it was, it was down to the confidence of just being like, oh, I'm just going to wear them because I might as well. And yeah, I think like having been over in the US, we will run these quite often, but I always felt pretty uncomfortable wearing them because I didn't necessarily always love the way that I looked in them or the photos that came out from them. But now I've kind of gotten to the point that I'm like, I don't care what other people think. And I care what's going to make me feel, well, I'm putting these on, I'm going to race, I'm going to race fast. And that sort of, yeah, confidence that you get from just being yourself, I guess, and being comfortable with yourself and comfortable with the fact that like I'd done the training, I was ready to come and like rock it. Yeah. Yes. It's funny. I feel like when I was in New Zealand, you know, I've been in Aussie now for three years. So, but back then, like no one wore running undies. And I think it's like this, um, the tall poppy syndrome coming into play. Like you in Australia and New Zealand, it's pretty bad where um, people don't want to be, you know, standing up and looking different. And you kind of want to blend in because you get called out if you are doing something that goes against the norm. And it's just, it's cool to see so many Kiwi girls turning up to races in their undies like I think it's awesome and it's crazy that it's kind of taken this long to get it going but even I was in a position where I used to not run in them because I just was like well no one else in New Zealand does it so why would I I feel like I would be you know like an outlier and people would judge me for it but it's like no if it gives you confidence and you feel good and fast in them we're then like <laughs> crazy so I know you listened to our podcast last week Esther and I dove pretty deep into our own body image journeys if you're okay to talk about it how has your relationship changed or what's it been like over the last few years? By the research that you've done, has that care kind of had any impact on your own confidence in your body and how you feel about yourself and the way that you, I guess, approach training and fueling now? Yeah, absolutely. I think my mindset shifted heaps in the, the last kind of years over in the US and then coming back home, it was like, well, I'm not running for my scholarship anymore I'm running for myself and so if I'm not enjoying it why am I doing it and being like so concerned with the way I looked definitely didn't help me enjoy running at all it had the absolute opposite effect and I wasn't performing well there was just absolutely no benefits associated with it at all and so coming back home I guess yeah I it's hard to even say it was like a switch when I 
over in the US and then I just came into a much I guess a realization about my own behaviors because I think a lot of the time we can be really like blinded to the things that we're doing and kind of think like oh no that's normal that's normal cutting out that food group or doing that because I'm training for xyz and I kind of came to the point where I had to be really honest with myself and be like but why were you doing that and what was like what was the purpose of that and kind of having that realization of like well actually that was pretty unhealthy behaviors and pretty unhealthy mentality to be in and I think definitely like you guys touched on it's not every day that I'm like man I'm awesome I feel so good about my body but it's the fact I think that it's most days I feel great I think like I feel really confident in myself um and I think like at the moment I'm really supported by a great coach um and a great team that really supports that confidence that I have in myself that I'm doing you know what I'm doing is really good and I think also the research that I did further kind of reinforced that that's not a pathway I want to go down I don't want to be that person that's a negative influence on others and I would never want others to do any of the things that I did or any of the things that I'd heard about in my research because they'd seen I don't know a photo of myself or seen me do negative behaviors that made them feel bad about their bodies so I think that was a huge thing for me as well was actually thinking about the impact that I had on other people I don't know and I also like having had such great performances it only reinforced that what I was doing was actually so much better for myself like that's not always the case for everyone but for me it helped heaps just to be like actually what you're doing is that's the right thing to do and even if I didn't have those performance reinforcements, I think I already knew that that was what I wanted and should be doing because, yeah, coming back to New Zealand, there was no reason to run other than because I enjoyed it, if that makes sense. I feel like I went about that in, like, this very chaotic fashion, <laughs> like, darting all over. No, that was great. So you, just to confirm, you're not gluten intolerant anymore? Oh, look, probably never was. Um <laughs> I it started off with it being like oh this doctor's told me I should try this out and I'm just gonna like take it to the all the way and just yeah that's the great way to cut some foods out of my diet and in all reality I probably had a sore stomach from a variety of things but it probably wasn't gluten and yet now I'm just love bread all the time make my own bread you're Um, a (laughs) queen If everyone listening Annie always shows up to camps and stuff with like a sourdough starter and she's it's like her baby she's like putting it in place and it will make it grow really well and like she just loves bread so I think yeah what was it last week Liz? Uh, eat faster run faster yeah eat faster run faster yeah oh, um, that's key amazing and we have one last question before our quick fire question so this is something that I've noticed about you and I think it probably is similar um, in your mindset but uh, what you've kind of talked about about enjoying running but you seem to have a really positive mindset now regardless of results in running so even if you have you know a race where potentially you didn't perform how you wanted to uh, you still seem to be quite positive and it's pretty admirable where where do you think you formed this mindset and how do you keep it up even on those bad days slash maybe get rid of that word on those days 
um yeah those days I think when you don't perform so well can be really hard mentally and I had so many of those when I was over in the U.S. and it was just like it was terrible for my mindset having you know it was depressing honestly I wasn't depressed at all but it was depressing having those performances and feeling so bad about myself and probably feeling like I wasn't fitting into that identity as a runner because I wasn't performing as well as I should have been or fitting into that identity as a runner because I wasn't performing very well Um, and I got to a point over in the US where I was like well I'm not performing well and I'm really unhappy I might as well change my mindset and think positively about it because it's not going to have a negative influence on my performance. If anything, it'll have a positive influence. And so after and during the races, I just thought to myself, you're so lucky to be able to run. You're so lucky to be out here running. You're doing what you love. You're, you know, and that sort of thing. And like positive self-talk about what I was doing. And when I finished, well, you know, you finished it. And that's not always the goal. Absolutely not. But like at the end of the day, that's amazing sometimes that you even get to the finish line. And so I kind of had just, I've just tried to continue that throughout my time in New Zealand. And I have had maybe races that I'm not so happy with, but I always try and think, you know, you're so lucky to be able to be running right now. So many people get injured or have so many other reasons why they can't run and you love running. And like at the end of the day, I do, I love running. And it was, it was a matter of changing the way I was thinking about it to get back to that place of being like, actually, I do love running. I love being here. I love pushing myself. I love being able to, yeah, I don't even, I don't even know what it is. I don't know why I do it, but I just love it. So (laughs) I think it's so true. Like as soon as you switch your mindset to like taking away the expectation of performance and doing it just because you love it, your actual performance starts improving anyway. So taking that pressure off is massive and something that we chat about all the time. And in my own journey, like I think it was probably like three years ago now where I did the same thing. I just flipped my mindset from putting all this pressure on to like hit certain times and kind of like second guess if I can do it to then being like, I can do this and I'm doing it. And then I do it and you're like, well, that's cool. I'll just keep rolling with that mindset because that's working for me a lot better than, you know, doubting myself and questioning myself and putting all this expectation and pressure on myself. So we love that. We've got two quick fire questions to finish. The first one is what would you tell your younger self? So say you're like 15 year old self. Oh my gosh, don't put so much pressure on yourself and just enjoy it. I feel like it sounds really cliche, um, but yeah, just love it. Love the journey. Enjoy the process and don't put too much pressure on yourself to look certain ways. I needed that when I was 15. Definitely relate. And then the last question is, what is your purpose on Mother Earth? Oh, um, that's a tough one. <laughs> it was supposed to be quick fire yesterday. <laughs> Should be easy to answer. What's my purpose? Oh, my Sorry. God. Um. <laughs> I guess just to have a positive influence on other people. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's yeah, really that. an epic. Yeah, that's it's such a good purpose. And your research, what you're doing, you are having a positive influence because you're making people more aware of these things that need to change. And even what you talk about today, you know, you're such a positive light and an incredible part of Bay's Babes and an amazing runner and you are a positive person and I always feel better from being around you so I think you nailed it nailing that purpose you definitely are 
Thank you so much, Annie. We're so appreciative of your time today and all of your research that you're doing. We're so lucky to have people like yourself in this world because we need more education around female athletes and, you know, mindsets and physiology as well. So thank you so much for joining us today. We're so grateful. Um, if you have any questions or thoughts about this episode, you can get in touch with us on Instagram. We're at femi.co or you can head to our website, femic.co. But we will be back in your ears next week.